the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God, we ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. God, hide me behind the cross. Give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven that I may rightly divide the word of truth. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would do it like never before, God. Oh, God, I pray that you would till up the follow grounds of our heart and our mind. God, I pray that the people would come in with a raw, uncut praise of God like never before, oh, God. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would allow me, God, to, to move in a way that you never done before God. Oh God, I pray that the people would hear in a way that they never heard and that they would see in a place that they never seen before God. Oh God, I ask you right now God that you would do all of these things now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray, amen. We're going to be in Jeremiah the 13th chapter. When I was driving down the road from last week, when I was leaving the church, God gave me this message, and I truly thank God. The title of the message, if I was going to give it a thought today, it would be Dirty Rags. Jeremiah 13, verses 1 through 11. Isaiah 64 and 6. Revelation 22, 14 through 16. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to give you Wikipedia's definition of dirty rags. Dirty. It says covered or marked with an unclean substance. That's what dirty is. And I want to tell you the synonyms of this thing. Similar, sold, grimy, filthy, stained, unwashed, mucky. This is what sin does to you. It's dirty. And the Bible talks about your garments being washed. And just because you come to church doesn't mean that you're clean. It doesn't mean that. But a lot of times people think because when they come to church or, or when you sin and you do all of these things and then you go in and you say, God, forgive me for my sins. Yeah, you're washed with the blood, but it comes a time that God just ain't washing your dirty rags no more. And your garment is going to stay filthy. And one thing about dirt, it attracts other dirt. And some of us walk around every day and don't see yourself. Let alone don't smell yourself. You are in love with your own stench. And it says, it's just not enough to, to see yourself, but sometimes you have to smell yourself. I can go around and say, guess what? You've got a stench on you. That's a smell radiating off you. But because you're so in love with your sin, you don't think that it's there. Nobody can notice it. 
But it's strange that we did a teaching on secret sins. And we're living in an hour that your secret sins, not only are they being exposed, but yet God is going to allow it to judge you because Jeremiah talks about your wicked ways. And we don't understand what is happening and we don't understand why we can't go to the next level. We want to know why things are not working out in our lives and we go from one dilemma to another dilemma and we don't even understand what is really happening because we don't truly understand the movement of God. And we see God the way that we want to see him when it's concerning us. But when it's concerning somebody else, we want God to see them according to their own sin, but yet you think that God does not see you according to your own sin, but yet he has grace and mercy for you. Why? He's not going to have grace and mercy for them, and God is looking at your stained garment, and you want to know why you can't move to the next level. You want to know why huh, that things are not working out in your life. Sin attracts other sins. Sin attracts more problems. Sin attracts more confusion. Sin attracts all of these things that God uses you to judge you not only for you to see and smell yourself but to come to yourself like the prodigal son that was laid down in the mud and we don't understand this we see God one way and that is the way that we want him to see because everybody's looking for grace and mercy but it comes a time that you got to pay the price for what you do. And I'm, you don't have to go there, but Jeremiah 4 and 22 says, For my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are silly children. And they have no understanding. They are wise to do evil. But do not have, but say they do not, it says, but to do good, they have no knowledge. But it's strange and, and, and very interesting the way God is going to use Jeremiah in the 13th chapter to deal with the sin of Israel. And a lot of times we don't understand why that we're not moving and growing in God. Everybody's level of commitment in God is not the same. And now we're living in a strange hour now that people are foolish or doing more foolish and more devil meant, and the people in God are being persecuted more because they're going up high in God. But yet the difference is they possess the raw uncut power of God. And I told you what God said yesterday about the fire shall proceed out of your mouth and about the anointing is going to be laced with fire. There's going to be so many people that's going to get cut off in this season because their own sin is going to judge them. And your own wickedness shall reprove you as Jeremiah said. And we don't even understand that the heart is deceitful above all things. And it says right here in Jeremiah the 17th chapter, and it says, desperately wicked. But with your righteous and stained rags. Who can know it? God knows what's down on the inside and what you're hiding. It's not so much what people say out of their mouth or possess or look a certain way. It is what is in their heart because your spirit. 
betray you. And I preached that message. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. It's very interesting the way Jeremiah talks to us. There's so much judgment going on. There are so many crimes that's already not only being committed in the land, huh, but there are so many crimes huh, that's being committed in the spiritual realm. Huh, and we want to know why things are going to be the way that they're going to be. Huh. You need to understand. Huh, you need to gird your loins with the preparation of the gospel truth. Huh. You need to pull down sin. Huh. You need to get away from everything that's pulling you down. Huh. You want to say that you got the blood and the power and the fire of God, but yet there's no true deliverance. Huh. Why we keep going back to the same thing over and over again? And you want to know why you in a roller coaster ride and sitting on somebody's couch because you crazy or why you in your own bed have no peace and a man's house should be his place of peace and we want to know why all of these things are going on you don't have to go there, but you, Jeremiah, I mean, Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, one of the things that I have understand to know, and I look at God the way he deals with people, and if you notice that everybody's got mind problems, everybody's doing crazy stuff, and it seems like it comes so easily, it does not even affect them or bother them until they see themselves, and they feel like, and they understand that they're in a fix, and they can't get out, Sometimes God would allow you, just like he did in Israel, to be just as foolish and stupid and crazy until you come to yourself. And then your own sins have a tendency to bring recognition and understanding of what you really are doing. Jeremiah 28 and 28. And it says the Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. And I look at all the things that's going on in the land. And we don't understand. We're looking to see where God is. And it seemed like God has forsaken us. And it seemed like God has turned his back. God has turned his back on the wicked. God has not turned his back on the righteous. You got to understand something. You got to want this and desire this with your whole heart. Enough that you will love God enough to come out of sin. To come out of being crazy. Come out of the spirit of confusion. Come out of this other stuff that you're doing that is not of God. And you want to know why God is moving for people in a certain way and not moving in your house for a certain way. It's because of the sin that's in the house. And it's underneath the carpet. It's right there. It's all the way God said it's down in the foundation. And God said the longer you stay in it. He said it's going to go not under the foundation, but it's going to be in the soil. And then it's going to spread out. And you want to know why your grass is not going to be green. You want to know why the, the cloud of glory is going to leave your house. You want to know why everything in the house seems like it's crazy and torsy turvy. Because God said I gave you a space and opportunity to get it right. But instead you judge and you look at other people and judge them but God said the same judgment that you judge shall be judged on you
Jeremiah the 13th chapter. I looked up in the Urban Dictionary for stitch. It says, the stench is the lowest form of existence. So your sin and your discretions, your wicked ways, your evil heart is causing a stench that's coming up to heaven. When the children of Israel came to themselves, they cries reached up to heaven. It says that there can only be one stitch in the universe. The stitch can reach the age of 40 and still have problems creeping their pains. It says the stitch can, that's, this is the part I want to focus on. It says the stitch can still be annoying from a distance of two miles. Once one has seen the stench, he or she has gained a new meaning to the word filthy and nasty, stinking, disgusting, and annoying. And this is the Urban Dictionary. I want to break down the word rag to you. A piece of old cloth, especially one torn from a large piece. So let me break this down. Your dirty rags have caused you to be torn away from the things of God so you're not a part of him. Because your garments are not washed. They're not cleansed by the blood of Jesus because we keep going back to the sin that God keeps bringing us out of. But yet we read the word. And the word was left on account for us so that we would not do the same thing. But yet we just still like the children of Israel. Going back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth. And they knew what God had done, and then they walk in the spirit of they don't even have no fear. And that's a dangerous person to me. Because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding and wisdom. And we want to know why there's no wisdom in the land and people doing crazy stuff. They don't even realize that they're doing crazy stuff. They don't even understand what is happening. It's like they get caught up, and next thing you know, like God was saying yesterday, this thing is creeping on people, and then it snatches them down, and they don't even understand it because they were not looking in the spiritual realm. You got to understand something. I'm not trying to sleep all night. If I can just have a piece of God and know what God is saying, he'll allow me to sleep a little bit. When it comes to time now that some people are just sleeping all day and all night long, you so caught up in everything and but yet you're not caught up in the things of God you're sleeping in this thing you don't lay down in this thing and you want to know why your rags are still filthy and dirty and God let me know that it's just more than one rag it's a whole pile of them now dirty rags And it says use typically for cleaning things. Are you going to allow God to clean you thoroughly? That's nothing like a good bath. My mama said you could take a shower. But it's nothing like sitting in the tub and getting scrubbed down. But some of us are still trying to stand up and be clean. But sometimes you get, got to get low. 
in order for God to really wash you in a place of submission. Jeremiah, the 13th chapter. Signs of the marred stash. Thus says the Lord God to me. This is, this is Jeremiah. And one thing about it is when you go and think about the prophets of old, they used to demonstrate as well as give the word of God out. And so we're going to find out that God is getting um, Jeremiah to literally physically do something. See, it's one thing about just saying it. Huh? But God, sometimes you have a more effect huh, when you can see it being played out. Huh? You, when you're physically doing it and understanding it, because you don't understand, sometimes you're in your sins, you're physically doing it, huh? but that means good, but you're not going to fast your sins. You're not going to go and, and expose your sins huh? because that's your sins and you're trying to hide it. You're hiding it from huh? God and then you're hiding it from yourself. So I'm not going to talk about it. But the prophets of old, not only did they talk about it, they walked it out. They acted it out. Sometimes when you're in school, the teacher can show you how to do it on the board. But when they sit down with you and work the problem out, it has more meaning. And you've been looking on the board all the time, but yet you couldn't get it. But when they took that individual time out, like Jesus do, and deals with us, shows us the word, walks us through it, it has more meaning. Thus, the Lord said to me, go and get yourself a linen stash and put it in around your waist. But do not put it in water. I want to talk about this just for a minute. Julie, the stash was worn close to their skin. Wrong, something close to the flesh. This depicts Israel's close intimacy with God in the covenant so they could glorify Him. So, what they did was they took a stash and put it around the waist. And it says, do not put it in water, signifies the moral filth of the nation. That sometimes God just don't allow you to be clean no more because after he done told you over and over again about your dirty rags. So this signified there was not going to be no washing of water and blood. Verse 2. So I got a stash 
dress according to the word of the Lord and put it around my waist. I'm going to tell you something. It was very important for the prophets of old, even now, to follow the instructions of Jesus. And some of us have a problem because our ears and our eyes, we're blinded and our ears are stopped up. So if you cannot hear, you cannot see. A deaf and dumb person, he has to train himself because of his deficiency or his um, lack of um, seeing. So what he does is, no, with his lack of hearing, so a deaf and dumb person has to train themselves to read your mouth. But that is really not correct. But because a lot of times when we in sin, we train ourselves around our deficiencies. Because this is what we do when we are in a bad place in God. Verse 3 says, And the word of the Lord came to me the second time, saying, Take the stash that you acquired, which is around your waist, and arise, go to the Euphrates, and hide it there in a hole in the rock. So he took this stash, and not only did he put it around his waist, but he wore it for a significant period of time. And a lot of times, we just don't walk in and out of sin. When we're in it, it ain't no, I'm going to be in sin one day, and I'm out of sin the next day. No, you're walking it out when you continue to go back, and there's no true repentance of heart. And a lot of times, the Christian are in and out of sin so much huh? and they think because they go in the church that is cleansing them and washing them and they want to know why they're going to miss heaven in this next move of God. And what I mean by that, they're not going to be able to possess the raw power and the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because they have continued to walk in and out. And they think that they got a true relationship. How can you have a true relationship and you keep going against what God is saying? Somebody's lying. Who you think God is going to give a strong anointing to? Somebody that's putting their hands to the plow and not looking back. They're going through the trials and tribulations. They're crying out to God. Or somebody going in and out of sin. And they constantly want to tell God, I can't let go of it because it just feels good. God said, you fit for nothing. There's a reason why the church is in a weakened state. But we want to make substitutions. Why? We are not in the place that God wants us to be. We allow preachers to preach false doctrine to us. We allow our Minds to tell us and these fake books that they that they wrote about feel good all day long God gonna judge you and cut you off from your sin. That's what the Bible say And the book of Revelation is not meant for the born again It's for the sinner Jesus Christ died on the cross to give everybody a right to the tree of life a right to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Everybody's going to be able to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And you look at the, the electronics. You look at the, the um, 
AI and all of these things are going on. Everybody's hearing the word of God. But you got to understand something. Even in that, God will give a person a space and an opportunity to hear the true word of God. It's up to that person to whether they're going to receive it or reject it. But God said because Israel was part of me, they had an intimacy relationship, and yet they're rejecting me, and I did all of them. I chose and handpicked you just like I did the children of Israel, and then you come and slap me in my face and continue to sin. The Bible talks about you crucify him all over again because you don't have no visual understanding and no revelation of why Jesus Christ came. So it's easy for you to walk in and out of sin. It's easy for you to continue to make conversations and restitutions for why you're doing the same thing that you want to do. But God says now is the time has changed. There's a shifting in the atmosphere. God is finna make the head the tail and the tail the head. Now we got more people dying of COVID in high places in God. God is shifting. He's changing the journey. He's taking them home and you sitting here wanting to know what is going on with your life. God said, I don't care about your life. You got to do what I called you to do and that's your first works. But we don't have faith. We don't have faith in God. Like we say that we do. But yet you come to church and you thinking that faith is going to come. Yeah, faith come by hearing and by hearing the word of God. But what are you doing with your hearing? Is it plugged up or are you rejecting it? What is happening? And we want to know why these things are happening to us. We want to know why that there's no power. We want to know why there's no deliverance. We want to know all of these things, but yet we don't understand. You need to understand something. Ephesians 6 tells you 10. It says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. Are you strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? You don't understand something. God gives us power. You got to understand that the word is not a liar you a liar. God said my word will stand the test of time and you want to know why you're coming up against the word. You're coming up against God and God said why would you think that I give you my power? Why do you think that I would give you all even farther than what you have now? And God said you're rejecting the salvation in which I laid before your feet. Put on the whole armor God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And you want to know why you just laying down in a bed of affliction? Why you laying down in a bed of persecution? Why you just laying down in a bed of sickness and death? Because that's what sin is. Sin begot sin. Who's filthy? Let them be filthy sin. Let them be filthy still. Who's uh, holy? Let them be holy still. How would you think that God will allow you to prosper in a bed of affliction? But Jeremiah said, you wise to do e evil, but to do things in God, you foolish. And it's strange how the word warns us. But yet we come into a place that we don't understand what the word is really saying. It's like we're deaf and dumb. We don't understand it. But yet you can go anywhere else and read the book and understand it. Let a false doctrine come. You'll take it and put it in your mind and your spirit. You'll be walking it out. But anything of God, which is righteousness and truth, because truth is going to follow truth. And you got to understand something. A lie can't follow truth because it's a lie. Satan is not going to come up against himself. Why would Satan divide his kingdom?
After he finished using you, then he spits you out and you look like a fool. And then you got to crawl to Jesus on bending knees because of pride. You see, that's what got Israel in trouble in Jeremiah the 13th chapter. We don't want to come out. We want to hide and connive. We want to hide behind the lie. We want to hide behind all of these things and you want to know why God is not moving. God is backing away in this hour. Because he's giving you a space and opportunity to repent. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You haven't come to the place that you're wrestling against something spiritual. But isn't it something about sin is tangible? That's something you can feel and touch. It's a verb, it's an action. You got to see this. We don't understand the depths of our sin. And the longer sin stays, the more the defiled the bread becomes. And it's good for nothing. But we don't understand that. We continue to want to be unwashed. Grimy, filthy. We continue because we come to a custom but now God is telling you to break your tradition. That's one of the things that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, huh, they could not break protocol and they didn't understand that God was ushering in a move, move. It is happening now. Why do you think all of these pastors are waiting for COVID to lift the open of the church? God is shifting and ushering in a new dispensation. And you know there are seven. church is still asleep. The church is still light with having power and dominion over Satan. And we don't understand that. We don't understand. But we continue to walk around ignorant. We continue to walk around with excuses and then we want to blame like God ain't got no power. Like God's word is not true. One of the things about it is when you deny God, when do you deny his word, you're denying God. And we don't come to the place that we understand this. He said, behold, I create the blacksmith who blows the coals on the fire, who brings forth an instrument for, my, for his work. And I have created the soil to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, says the Lord thy God. You want to know why you are not walking into this place? Because you're not using the word to fight the enemy. You're fighting the enemy and laying down in sin. You're fighting the enemy and you're weak-minded. You're fighting the enemy and thinking that he's going to be on your side. He's going to take care of you, protect you. Why do you say I say that? Because yet you have have not gotten off his territory and you still continue to walk in sin 
in the Bible. I think it was Jeremiah. He said the women was mission with their little dingling things on their they, 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 uh, wrists and their ankles and stuff. They were just mission around. I preached on that. And this is what the people doing. They, they showing it off. They got no shame. They caught up in materialistic stuff. But yet they the thing in the spiritual, they cannot comprehend. Why? Because you on the devil's side. And God doesn't re release revelation and you walking on Satan's territory. How can you walk in truth and you on Satan's territory? Because Satan is the God of this world. So anything that's the God of this world is going to overtake you. We have not made it to heaven yet, but we got to work the word until Jesus Christ come on the second coming. He said, I created the spoiler to destroy. The Bible says, turn the one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his soul may be saved. I see a lot of persecution with the saint. Not only the saints of God, the ones that's born again and walking right before God because they're going to have the power. But I see a persecution coming for the lukewarm. The ones that think that hot and cold is going to come out the same fountain. I see a great persecution. And God is going to use it for his glory because God has been warning the saints to come up out and be ye separated from amongst them. But yet we don't fell in love with them. We do all of these things like the world and there's no sign of holiness. We're captivated by the things of the world. I could be around somebody that got a million dollars. It don't bother me. And I don't desire to be nothing like them. I'm not glorifying what they weighing. I be right. It don't bother me. And I come in there just like me. I'm not trying to buy nothing. I'm not trying to do nothing like them because I don't want to be like them. I want to be who I am in God so my anointing knows how to find me because I'm not a counterfeit. I'm not caught up. It's not captivating me. And God has a way of taking a person that's sold out and a person that's solid in him in high places. A person that's weak-minded and is going to get caught up into the material thing. You are not going to be able to minister in high places. Because the things of the world captivate you too easily. And you'll forget the work of God. And then you'll be captivated because you've got to understand something. <laughs> They're going to try to pull you over there with, your, with the riches of this world. But a person that's sold out, nah, I'm doing this for the Lord. And they know God's going to bless them down the road. Dirty rags. Let's go to Jeremiah. The fourth. Thirteen and fourth verse. Take the staff that you acquired, which is around your waist, and arise and go to the Euphrates and hide it there in a hole in the rock. And I'm going to tell you something. Let's go on down. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord commanded me. It says, and it came to pass after many days that the Lord said to me, Arise, go to the Euphrates, and take from there the stash which I have commanded you to hide there. 
I want to talk about verse 6. Hiding it by the Euphrates pointed towards the land of Babylon, which they will soon be exiled in. They were there for 400 years. The Syrians, they didn't come back. Yeah, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. I pray that you're in the right land. I pray that your feet is in the right land. Even though God may put you in a place that you go through a season of trials and tribulation, but because your feet is getting planted in the solid foundation, I want to be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that I should not be moved. That means God is still going to supply my needs, even though a time of trials and struggle, but he's building up my faith. A prophet called and gave me a prophecy this morning. And they said, thus says the Lord, that I see you going through some more stuff, but it's in God's plan and purpose to get where you want, he wants you to be. I'm not freaking out. I'm not going to lose my mind because I understand that the footsteps of, of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So anything that God is going to allow to happen to my life, I know that he's already paved the way and that he's already prepared me because I kept my face to the ground. And I'm not going to look back. Because I know each trial and each thing that God allows me to go to is taking me higher and higher and is strengthening my heart and my mind so I can endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to pull down my weapon. But I know that after every trial, trial and tribulation, there's a reward. And I'm not worried about what the reward is. But God's got my back. Because having security... In God, having a hedge and a fence of protection around your life. Even though you see the enemy trying to cut off your head, you can still stand there and say, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against thee in judgment shall be condemned. You got to understand what God is saying and what God is doing. And you got to get your faith into a different place. You can do anything that you want. But the trials and the tribulation are the things that really root and ground you in the things of God. These are the only things that's going to do it. You can read a book. You can read the Bible. You can do all of these things. But there's something about a trial and a tribulation that causes you to pull and see the word and the revelation of God comes alive in the trial. I didn't know God on my valley top and my mountain top. I knew him when I was in the valley. That's when the miracles and the signs and the wonders of Jesus Christ came alive in my life because I had a mind to serve God and not let go. I don't care what happened. Husband can leave, church can leave, mom and daddy can leave. Oh, but my faith is solid in God. I thank God for my mountaintop. But I thank God for my valley experience because that's when I go to know who he is. And that's why I let God wash me in all of them filthy rags. I may not have as many as I used to have, but I'm in a better place. And I know that as I continue to go through the trials and tribulation of my life, God is going to allow my garment to be wider and wider and wider. I just got to pass the test. People don't want to go through they want to lay down. They, they want to be disobedient. They want to be prideful. They want to be all this. Everything that God is trying to deliver you from, you want to hold on to. But it comes a time in the trial that you just got to surrender all. To him I owe my all. I surrender. They don't sing songs like that no more. I surrender all. To the one who 
died on the cross for me. And his name is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Yahshua Yamashiach. Jehovah, the righteous one, El Elyon. Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Rapha. Adonai. In this, I want to break something down to you. In my Bible, it said ruin. He said, then I went to the Euphrates, verse 7. Jeremiah 13 and 7. He said, then I went to the Euphrates and dug, and it says, and dug. And I looked, the stash from, the says, the place where I had hidden it. And says, and there was the stash ruined. It was profitable for nothing. And in the old Bible, it says rotted. It was rotten. I looked up the word rot. It says buried and allowed time to rot. It could not be clean. It had been so old. Have you ever tried to clean something that was just so dirty? It couldn't even come clean. I don't care how much bleach you put in it. Some things can only be cleaned by God. When you realize, oh wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of sin? You got to see. Yourself. There can't nobody deliver you like God. If he's got to reach way down, he can pick you up. We're looking for man to do what only God can do. Man can buy you some new clothes, new shoes. But that stench is still going to come out because it's coming from the inside. You can go to North Carolina. You can go to California. You can go to Georgia. You can go to New York City. But that stench of sin is still going to follow you. And it's going to come out. So what you read from Virginia from, you're going to find out it's going to follow you everywhere you go because you have not allowed the word to wash you and to cleanse you. That's why on a job, you sit around, the real truth is going to come out about people because they don't understand that they carry that word demon everywhere they go. Just like in church, people carry that church demon, the hot chirping demon all around. It's going to come out. Rot. It says decay or cause to decay by the action of bacteria and fungi. So now we know sin carries a bacteria. Now we know there's good bacteria and there's bad bacteria. But you keep right on taking the penicillin. But I want Jesus to shoot me in the arm. 
Because I know the medicine he going to give me is the cure. What is the cure? It's the blood of Jesus. What can wash away all of my sins? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Huh? Not a ghost, bulls, and rams. Dirty rags. I'm tired of them. I hope you start smelling yourself. I hope that God makes the odor that you're accustomed to and you're used to the start stinking so you can come to yourself. Sometimes you've been in the mud so long you done got accustomed to it. I'm from the country. I know they had hogs and pigs. I know what they eat. The leftovers are things that we didn't want. They eat anything. They don't know no better. That's what they've been trained. I don't care about your childhood. I don't care about what happened to you in life. There's a way out. Stop making excuses to stay in this place of lowly bar. In this place of sin. The Bible tells you that it's the small foxes that destroys the vine. You keep waiting for the big tornado or the big usami. You don't understand it already happened. You was already so doggone sick and tired. And you was already laying in the bed of sin. When it passed by you because you were already accustomed to it. It didn't even affect you. And yet you still sitting there waiting for it to happen in your deaf and dumb state. God said I done kept you through everything in life. And you keep waiting for something greater. You haven't even acknowledged me for what I've already done. Dirty rags. Decompose. We still talking about the definition of rot. Sin has a stench and a smell. But this is another thing that God gave me. Demons carry a scent or a stench. Some people are so possessed, they don't even understand how Satan is using them. Demons carry a stench. When I cast them out, I can smell it. When they start manifesting, I can smell it. I used to didn't have that gift, but now he's making it really strong now. And look at this. And he hid it in the ground. Representation that people hide sin. You think you hiding it. God said, mm-mm. You ain't hiding from God. Nobody can hide from God. Job talked about that. He said, if I make my bed in Hades, you're there. If I make my bed in up here, you're there. Why do you think you can hide? God would accept you if you just come clean with it. That he can wash you and your sins may be forgiven. Israel got in a place of pride and it cost them. And it profit them nothing. He was saying here the rag wasn't no good for nothing. 
What you're doing is no good for nothing. Then the word of the Lord came to me, verse 8, saying, Thus says the Lord, says, In this matter I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. Pride comes before a fall. And we should be like babes. Be open and honest with God. But you should love him enough to come out. See, everybody doesn't have a love for God. See, we love what he does. That's why a woman can be in love with a man, what he does. See, as the time goes on in the marriage, she finds out she's really not in love with him. But she was in love with the gifts. But see, living with him is a whole different thing. I can't stand him. See, that's something about our mind. If it's not solid and made up, you'll fall for the first thing that you think is going to get you out of sin or get you out of your problem. But then you find out that you done jumped from out of the frying pan into the fire. And in the process, God's got to bring the love in the marriage. If she's saved, because a sanctified wife can sanctify the husband. But now we want to leave. Let's go down. Verse 10. It says, this evil people who refuse to hear my words. It says, who walk it says, in the imagination of their own heart. Hear this out. And this is what God is saying. They're walking into what they're seeing in their mind. Women have a task and a problem with living in a fairy tale world. A man is attracted by what he sees. As long as she got the body and everything else, he's going to follow. But a woman, we are seduced by words. And a man is seduced by physical imagination. No spiritual things going on. So we are walking and feeling the lust of our hearts. Because if I imagine it, I'm going to walk it out in my heart. And walk after other gods to serve them and worship them. You don't even think that you're serving a false god. If God show you in the spirit, so many people bringing idols in, why are you bringing them? You're bringing them in your heart and everything, and then you're trying to praise and worship God, and that's why there's no true praise in the house of God. Now, because people are so full of idolatry. But they come to the church in their own imagination. I, I'm going to do this. But yet you go home and pick up the same things and continue the same behavior patterns. It's time now to break. Psychological behavior patterns, emotional behavior patterns. Works of the flesh. The Bible talks about they're so heavily minded but no earthly good. I'm going to pray and go through the motion, but yet my heart is not changed. The Bible says, be wise as a serpent and cunning as a dove. Ain't none of that going on. 
because they're in their own imagination. They don't know how to win people to God. They don't know how to have discernment. We're still talking about dirty rags. Let's go on down. Verse 10. And worship them shall be just like this. Stash, which is profitable for nothing. That means your gods are not going to profit you anything. It's going to amount to nothing. You done spent all of this time wasted in a false god and, a, and something that's, a, that's not really true. But you put it in your head that it was there. And so now your whole life has been played out by a lie. And then you want to come in and say, God is not good enough. God has not done it. And God said, I made my word clear. I sent prophets your way. I sent the word, and the word is supposed to heal you. I sent deliverance as child's bread. What did you do with it? I sent the teachers. Did you get the teaching and an understanding? Did you search your heart? Did you search your mind? Did you search for false gods? Because the average Christian is going to say, no, I don't serve another God, and they lying to themselves. And now sin is coming down in your children. You get on their nerve and they get on and you get on theirs. It's chaos in the house. It's confusion. Deuteronomy 28, 28 tells you that. Confusion of the mind. Look at all of these things. But we don't think that we need to clean up. We don't want to go through the process of change and being mental and being translated. That is a process, and that you, when you get your house demolized, demolition, and, and they go in and they tear everything down, because you paid a price, and the contractor, you made a commitment to go to the process. But you ain't doing that for God. But you don't realize he done paid the price for you. I guess because you didn't work for it, like Jesus Christ had to do. But that's something when something is given, freely given. Freely shall you receive. But now, this you got to work for now. Maybe it would mean more. Have more meaning, more stability. Let's go on down. Verse 11. For as the stash clings to the waist of a man, so I have caused the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah to cling to me, says the Lord, that they may become my people for a renown, for praise and for glory. But they would not hear. He said, I gave them an opportunity. to come back and praise and worship me. But God said, my people don't want me. And I see it happening now. God's people really don't want him. Because God ain't giving them what they want. What better way to test when you can't give them what they want? That shows you the true love. 
when a trial is going on. They seek God, but when everything is good, they ain't praying God no mind. Oh, God done brought me out. Thank you, Jesus. They praise him for a hot bed a minute. And then they going on. I want to read Isaiah 64 and 6. It says, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteousness acts are like filthy rags. I'm going to go here. Revelations 22. And it says, we all have swooped up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Isn't that what it does? Revelations 22, 14 through 16. This is the end, New Living Translation version. Those who wash their, it says clothes clean or happy who are washed by the blood of the lamb. They will have the right to go into the city through the gates. They will have the right to eat the fruit of the trees of life. Outside the city are like dogs. They are people who follow witchcraft and those who do sin, sex sins, and those who kill other people, and those who worship false gods, and those who like lies and tell them. 16, I am Jesus. I have sent my angels to you. It says, with these words to the churches, I am the beginning of David and of his family. I am the, says, bright and morning star. I pray that something's been said and done. Dirty rags. In Jesus' name, amen.